And amen. Thank you all so much. I love that song. That is just absolutely gorgeous. Um, you can be seated. Thank you for this opportunity. Happy New Year for those that are back. We're excited for those that are going to be coming back and for those that were all here the whole Christmas. Woo! I love you. Yes. So here is this thing that I do for those that maybe don't know this. Every year, uh, the Lord gives me in advance, he gives me this word for the year. And it's been true for the last couple years. We've just kind of hung on this word that he gives me the whole year long. And so we're really uh, going to go after it hard. Now, here's my dilemma. According to the latest research, out of all the 6.9 billion people in the world, there's 6.9 billion, 31.7% or 32% profess to be Christians. Now, I got all the dynamics that just because people say they're Christian doesn't mean they're Christian, all this other stuff. I got that. But of those professing, 32% will round up are what they call Christians. Now, here's the dilemma for me. 20, less than 25% of Muslims. So out of the world's population, less than 25% are Muslim or follow Islam. And then you've got uh, 32% that are Christians of the 6.9 billion. In fact, in 1910, 35% of the whole world at that time uh, were Christians, and there were about 1.8 billion uh, Christians in the world at that time. Now there's 2.8 billion, a little bit over, but 2.8 billion, but we're uh, down to about 32%. But here's my dilemma. If that's the case, then why isn't the world turned upside down with a third of all the known world to be calling themselves Christian? Uh, think about it. Jesus took 12 disciples, right? One hangs himself, falls to the ground, his guts burst open, and all his intestines spill out, and they replace him with another guy. And so from there on, there's this 12 that proceed. There was about 150, 20 or so in that room praying. But out of that, there's a lot of that goes on to the world, and the world was automatically uh, just going crazy about these Christians. In fact, Acts chapter 17, verse 6, you don't have to turn there. The notes are all on Facebook, by the way. So if you want to go to Summit Church, they're all on Facebook. But Acts 17, 6, 6 says this. When they did not find them looking for Paul and his companions, they dragged Jason. Now, Jason could have been a relative, some scholars think, of Paul. But nonetheless, he was this converted believer. And so here they are in Thessalonica, and they take the, this believer in this house, and, and some of the brothers before the city officials shouting, and this is what they say in Thessalonica, not many years, but just a few years after Jesus ascends. And they say this, these men who have turned the world upside down come here too. Now, for me, I look at that and I go, Lord, you call me to come alongside this group of wonderful people. And you stay here, and I stay here because, well, if you're young, you have to because your parents make you so know your role, do your job. But nonetheless, for those of us that have um, an objective view that can leave and, and choose not to because the Spirit's leading, why don't we leave? Why do we stay together? Because we believe God's going to do something in here. We believe that God's going to change us and then change this world. Now, with that being said, what is the problem? And so I began to muse on this, and I began to really think about it. And the Lord birthed this in my heart about three months ago. Well, two and a half months ago, he birthed this. And I've been sitting on it and sitting on it and sitting on it. And it was like Jeremiah said it was fire in my bones. I just literally could not shut up about it. So this is why we have a problem in the world 
that the world is not as we know it, seeing and living and breathing the kingdom of heaven. This is why. This is what the Lord showed me. We are not to be disciples of Jesus. Nobody even shouted at me. I thought you would saw heretic, uh, loser. I thought you would throw stones. Now, we are not called to be disciples of Jesus. And you go, but John, that's now you. I love you. I'm giving you a pass because I love you and God makes me love me, you. And so, you know, I look at you, I feel sorry for you because you're, you're, you're out of line. You're, you're, you've gone crazy. You know, all this learning is like Paul said, all this learning is making you mad. And the students will say, Amen. Right? And, and so, no, I'm telling you, the Lord has shown me that we are not to be disciples of Jesus, but disciples. Okay. But to be disciples of Jesus. Well, watch. I'll show you in Scripture. Uh, Matthew 4.19. See, Christianity is, is not a decision. It is a movement. Uh, Christianity is this movement. Jesus said in Matthew 4.19, come, follow me, and I'll make you what, saints? Come on, fishers of men. So this, he come, here's, a, here's an example. So there's this movement. You'd say, well, John, that says like be a disciple of Jesus. Be a, no, no, God says be a discipler of Jesus. This is what we're missing. Matthew 28, you know the Great Commission. When Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore go make what, saints? Yeah, go make disciples. Be a discipler of Jesus, not a disciple of Jesus. God did not, and I forgot this call, God did not call us to a kingdom of salvation. He called us to a kingdom of heaven. That was real deep. That was real deep. Here's the problem. Most people have been saved, but they have not become a discipler. Very few people want to be a discipler because, see, you can be saved and sit and be a disciple, but to be a discipler, you have to lead. John 20, 21, and another great commission passage, or all throughout, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, John 20, 21, he says this, Jesus said to them, peace to you, as the Father has sent me, also, uh, I also send you. There's this movement of going, becoming disciples. Uh, this is going, getting to the word. Mark 16, 15, check this out. Then he said to them, go, all, go into all the world and preach the what, saints? The what? I didn't hear you. Everybody in here say gospel. Okay, now. I've taught you and I've been setting you up. I want you to get this. I have, I, oh, I didn't know this. I, I was your age. I didn't know this stuff. Like, I didn't know this. And here I am, 46 years old, and, I, and I'm just now, just now wrapping my mind around it. And it frustrates me because all those years I could have been going hard after the Lord. And I chose to not throw myself into Jesus. So 46 years of missing this. The gospel is, yes, the gospel is that we are pierced. You, we hear the word of God. We see the power of Jesus Christ. We are pierced in our hearts. The Holy Spirit uh, brings to life our dead spirit. And all of a sudden there's this love that we have for Jesus because he died on the cross for us. And we get that and we say, man, I can't make it right with God. Only Jesus can. And so all of a sudden we're like, that's the gospel. No, that's part of the gospel. And then all of a sudden, man, we get his righteousness. We get Jesus' righteousness. Therefore, I don't have to be righteous because I get Jesus' righteousness. Because if my righteousness added to Jesus' righteousness, then his righteousness wasn't enough. So I can't do anything to gain salvation. I can't do anything to lose salvation. I just love Jesus and embrace his righteousness. You got it? Yes? Okay, so, and he did it for free. 
And so we're wrecked by that. And the Spirit speaks to us and He goes, isn't that the most beautiful, treasurable thing in the world? And we say, yes and amen. And then we say, okay, Lord, here I am. I, I give my life. I'm loving. I am loving you. And then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit says, not only did I raise your dead spirit from the dead, now I'm going to dwell in you permanently. And we go, yes, we have the presence of God until we enter into the presence of his kingdom and we get to see Jesus face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully as I am fully known. 1 Corinthians 13. Is anybody tracking me? Are you with me today? Okay, so here's what happens. So then we go, I'm saved, I'm saved, I'm saved. And look, my life is being transformed, I'm saved. God did not call us to a kingdom of salvation. We're not just a bunch of saved people in a room going, yay, yay. That's not what it is. The result of the Holy Spirit means that when he comes inside us, the kingdom of heaven is at hand and all of a sudden our lives begin to be transformed. Our relationships are transformed. What we do with our lives are transformed. Our career is transformed. Everything inside us is transformed. And all of a sudden we realize the kingdom of heaven begins to change, not just us, but everyone around us because we step out in faith where if, we, if God doesn't show up, we're as good as dead financially and with our careers and with our education and all the things going on and the kingdom of heaven begins to pierce the gates of hell god didn't call us the kingdom of salvation we've 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 raised up a bunch of saved people but we have not we have not raised up the kingdom of heaven we have not become disciples we have become disciples we are saved but we are not promoting the kingdom of heaven. Disciples move in the movement of Christianity and they follow Jesus by his spirit and they move wherever the spirit goes and then they plant and they settle and then they pierce the gates of hell. They pierce the kingdom of darkness. They destroy the little God of this age. As Romans says, you will soon crush Satan underneath your feet and all of a sudden we realize that the kingdom of heaven is at hand like Jesus would preach in Matthew chapter 4 after his temptation. Matthew 3 in his baptism he goes in to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Because it's not just salvation. The gospel means the kingdom of heaven has come in your life and your relationships change and you marry somebody who's fired up for Jesus or you're married to somebody who's not fired up for Jesus and your life changes and all of a sudden there's this big, big, huge chasm between you two that only Jesus can make it right because Jesus becomes the love of your soul more than the one in the bed next to you. The kingdom of heaven has penetrated your house, it penetrates your job, and all of a sudden you're changed and everything changes because of the kingdom of heaven. Listen, the gospel of the kingdom helps us, I love what Dr. Overman said, the gospel of the kingdom helps us understand what salvation is for. We are saved we're not just saved from. I'm not just saved from addictions. I'm not just saved from porn. I'm not just saved from sexual immorality. I'm not just saved from being an alcoholic. I'm not just saved from being a, 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 a continual liar. I'm not just saved from all that. I'm saved for the kingdom of heaven because the kingdom of heaven is in every one of us right now penetrating the darkness. That is who we are. That is the gospel. That's why the presence of the Holy Spirit stays in you and I. So wherever we go, the kingdom of heaven has come. Right? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed thy, thy kingdom come. 
We are not just saved from something, but for something. Personal salvation is a part of the gospel of kingdom, but not the whole. The kingdom is larger than the soul. I mean, this is burning. Can you tell it's burning in me? It's larger than the soul. It's, you're just not saved and you walk into your high school and go, oh, I'm saved, I'm saved. If, I, if you said that to me, I'd go, get out of here. I, I go, weirdo. I don't care about your salvation. Your salvation ain't going to give me that hot-looking girl that I like in class. Right? Your salvation ain't going to give me whatever this A I want in this class or I want to make this in this sport, winner, winner, chicken dinner. Like your salvation ain't going to help me. But then all of a sudden, when you start living out your salvation and you bring a new kingdom in contrast to the darkness that's in that school, then all of a sudden I realize that I'm not like you and there's something inside me that can't be like you unless I allow Jesus to change me. You've got to bring the kingdom of heaven into school, not just your little salvation get out of hell card. We got too many people in this, this school in Charleston and Boeing and everything. I got my get out of hell card, but your life looks like hell. And couldn't tell the difference between unsaved and unsaved. Because there's no kingdom of heaven in your life. And this is why I like the Puritans. Some of you are, but the Puritans had a lot of problems. You know, they did a lot of good. Read the Puritan gift. It was in Financial Times. It's one of the top ten business books of the year in 2007. Listen to this. These British authors said this. It provided a foundation for the best business. The Puritans did. They provided a foundation for the best business practices all the way up to 1970. They provided our business practice. Our economy exploded because, listen, you can say what you want. I'm not preaching any prosperity junk. I'm just telling you that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And when the kingdom of heaven is at hand, deathness gets pushed back. Brokenness gets pushed back. Broke people get pushed back because all of a sudden God begins to do something new in us that just cannot be contained because of the power of the Spirit. And you see, so then all of a sudden in 1970, we got smarter than God. And so we got away from the Puritans' business practice. And you see what happened to our economy since 1970. And these people, these British researchers have studied this. It's brilliant. And then all of a sudden, we see the, the, the business. But here's what happens. So then all of a sudden, the Christians go, yes, I've got a kingdom of salvation, but we're not bringing the kingdom of heaven. We're not disciplers. So what happens? We go to places. I'm called to Nigeria. I'm called to Nigeria. So we go to Nigeria, and we say, oh, let's go, and we're going to bring the kingdom of salvation. And God says, no, that's only part A, but part B is the kingdom of heaven. And so you go to Lagos, Nigeria, and you've got people there that are saved, but their economy is trashed. We, we've divorced evangelism and social needs. And there's been this huge divorce. Uh, let me show you some pictures. Do you mind? Let me show you some pictures. Here are some pictures of the area there in Lagos. And what happens, we've got Muslims, yes, but we've got Christians. And why is the economy? Show them another picture. And, and here we have this, we have this chasm 
because we've brought salvation and people have come to know Jesus, but they don't know how to bring and integrate their faith in the relationships, in the workforce, at their house. And so abuse still reigns and poverty still reigns and corruption still reigns because the kingdom of heaven is not at hand. There's only a kingdom of salvation. And y'all ain't listening, I'm going to side. Do you understand the problem? The problem is we're not living out the kingdom of heaven. We're not living it out. And the answer is because we are not disciplers. See, we think being a disciple is taking up the Bible and memorizing scripture and just, let's just manage our sins. God didn't call us to be managers. He called us to be leaders. Go make disciples. He called us to, when you are a discipler, then you take people with you and you live with them and you show them, this is how I manage my finances by Jesus. This is how I manage my household by Jesus. This is how I manage my education by Jesus. This is how I manage in the workforce by Jesus. Then all of a sudden, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus would say, repent to the Israelites. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He's not just ushering in a salvation. He's ushering when you get saved, you then live a life that is a highway of holiness that takes you right to the presence of Jesus. As John the Baptist said, make straight wheel tracks or make straight the way of the Lord. So we're walking in the snow and we just follow each other's footsteps all the way to the, to the presence of Jesus till we die and go be with him or he comes back. That's the kingdom of heaven. So at the gospel we preached and we have revivals and people get saved and the divorce rate stays the same. And we, 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 preach, we preach and people get saved. And we're still corrupted in our jobs. We, we, have, we have gatherings and, and we have conferences and, and all these Christians get together. And I'm not knocking conferences because some of you just got back from some. I love conferences, trust me. That's, I mean, that's what you think PhD intensives are. They're just like a mini conference. Like they're needed and they're valuable and I'm not putting them down. But they are not the pinnacle of my faith. The pinnacle of my faith is stepping into the brokenness and helping those people become not just disciples of Christ, but disciplers of Christ. And then we transform society and culture as we know it, and that is the problem. That's the pinnacle of faith. But why didn't Christianity have such a positive effect? Or excuse me, why, but why did Christianity have such a positive effect on America's development? Yet in some other places of the world where Christianity has been introduced, it has done nothing in the economy. Lyle Blake once remarked, why are some cities that have been Christianized in church, like Lagos, Nigeria, still full of poverty and corruption? And the reason being is that we have not done this. And man, I am sweating wearing this 1980s coat that y'all make fun of. This is the word of the year. And we're giving y'all, starting with the leader's shirts. Because we believe in it so much. 
that if you don't invest, if you don't invest and teach people to be disciplers, not disciples, when I meet with people and I'm going to be meeting with people, when I meet with them, I have high expectations. Because I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to go with what book I read with Organic Church. I'm going to give people one year. And either they start producing fruit or I'm moving on. Now, you don't have to follow that. But I'm telling you that God wants us to invest and they become disciplers. They begin to learn to walk and live and breathe like Jesus. The scripture says, in him we live and move and have our what, saints? Being. That, that is why homes are... Listen, homes are jacked up because we're afraid to pray in front of the unsaved family. No, okay. You can't, you can't do like Francis Chan used to do when he was in middle school when he got saved is he realized he needed to thank God for his food. So what he would do is he would drop his fork and then on his way down, he'd pick up his fork and Father, thank you for this food, please bless it, amen. And then he'd start eating. Like, you, 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 that's not how it works. Like, we can't be ashamed of the gospel. Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me in front of men, I'll be ashamed in front of my father. It's not about being loud and proud. It's about being dedicated and real. So I don't need to post status. I go back to what I said, Brandon, that you reposted. My life is my status. We got to usher in the In your school, listen, middle school and high school, if you don't usher in the kingdom of heaven, all they're going to do, all they're going to do is do the same thing they've always done. Listen, there's no difference between, see all these people back behind you that, that might have a little bit of different color hair than you have, or maybe a little less hair, don't judge me. We were doing the same things you were doing. I know you don't think so. It's hard to understand. We know the frontal lobe in male do not, men do not develop to 25. Ladies, that's why men can't make up their minds whether they want to date you or not. Hello. And the, the women's frontal lobe develops at 21. You understand the neuroscience. But the bottom line is this, that they were doing this in the 70s. There was the same problems there is today. The sexual revolution in the 60s, was nothing, there's nothing new about people being wild. The difference is, where are the people that are living out the kingdom of heaven? I'm talking about the people that are raising up disciples. And we have FCA meetings, and how many of those FCA meetings or Young Life or whatever really reproduce disciples? Not just disciples that get together and, and do what the leaders say. I'm talking about when they're on, they can reproduce it in somebody else's life. That's the difference. And that's why you came today. We don't not only raise the awareness of Jesus where we are, live, work, and play, and go to school. We allow people to feel the presence of Jesus because he's so thick upon us. Man, I got so much stuff I can't even get through. I can't even get through it. Somebody say, help me. All right. Well, I, I got no, nobody said, help me. They didn't get it. All right. So here it is, since Christian is a movement, not a decision. It's not a kingdom of salvation. That's why churches are full of saved people and don't make an impact. I think of one church right now. I am not talking smack because we don't do, we do less. I am not talking smack. But I, I think about this, Lord, if I was pastoring, see as pastors you're always analyzing. Lord, if I was pastoring that church right there and, that ch and there's a ball field right behind that church, what would we do to show them that there's a new presence there? See, the only time people know the presence of God is in most church buildings is when they change the words on the sign. 
No, you didn't hear what I said. Can I come over? This is my amen corner. I got to have an amen corner. Can I please you? They changed the words on the sign, and then all of a sudden, oh, there's something different going on there. Ooh, revival. Revival only comes on the week before Easter. I'm, I'm, I thought we, 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 Christianity was a movement, that revival happened every day, that he was continually making us new. He's making all things new. So then we begin to look, if that's the case, the, the, the Christianity is a river, then the boundaries are the word of God and the Holy Spirit. The Spirit isn't going to tell you anything that this does not say yes to. And this is not going to tell you anything that the Holy Spirit doesn't say yes to. So I love when people say, well, John, the Holy Spirit tells me this. And then I go, but Scripture says this. I say, you're not listening to the Spirit because the Spirit is never going to contradict Jesus. He is the Word. So those are the boundaries on the river, and so we flow where the Lord and the Spirit leads us. So we, here's the difference. I love this. The boundaries are the Word of God and conviction. We do not decide and act. We follow and are transformed. So Matthew 4, 17, here's the text. Here it is. I'm going I'm to go fast. And we're going to go through the book of Matthew in this invest series. Are you all with me? Hashtag invest. It's all through. It's everything that we're going to do. And I'm asking you to begin to get into a group. Our 20s and 30s, shame on me. We should be blowing and going as many as we got in here. Y'all should be transforming this place. When I say this place, I mean Charleston area proper. We, we should. It's my fault. I look at myself because we have not invested. Invested meaning we are raising up disciples of Christ. Matthew 4, 17 says this. Jesus, I love this. After, you know, his, his ministry there in Galilee, and I love what he says there at the very end. From then on, Jesus began to pe preach. What's the first word he said? Repent. Matthew 4, 17, he says, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. We're investing in disciples to be the kingdom of heaven. And see what happens. You become the kingdom of heaven at your school. You become the kingdom of heaven at your school, at your job, at your work, at your family, and this Goose Creek, and this Somerville, and this Ladson, and this North Charleston, and this downtown, and this out of Holly Hill. And all of a sudden, we come together one day, and the whole earth will be the Lord's. So how do we invest? First way, I'm just going to take this and be very simple. Number one, the first way we invest is we preach the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. The first way is we preach the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. The first way we invest is this. We don't preach a gospel of salvation. Romans 10, 17 says this. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. Everyone wants to follow, but nobody wants to preach because when we preach, we become labeled as fanatical, radical, conservative, out of touch, weird. We're the Christian uh, version of radical Islam. Uh, that, I mean, we, we preach the kingdom of heaven. We, we go out there and we live it. We live, breathe, and sleep the presence of Jesus. And we raise that awareness and we follow him and we live it out by investing in others. People that are lost, we invest in them. People that are saved, we invest in them and we raise up. They move from, to, from lost to salvation and disciplers. And we raise up those people that are saved to be disciplers. And then we don't have a bunch of Christians living in corruption, but we have Christians investing in the corruption and changing it.
So the second way we invest is we live a life of repentance. Uh, listen, it, it, repentance has a negative connotation. We think repentance, we think godly sorrow leads to repentance. So we think weeping. Uh, let, let me just say this. Uh, repentance is a lifestyle. It is a constant life of style of going. Oh, going this way. Oh, God, no, you said don't go this way. Oh, I like her. She looks really hot. Oh, no, God, you don't want me to be with her. I'm walking this way. Boom, you want me to take this job? No, I'm going. That's a lifestyle of repentance. There's just this constant movement. Christianity is a movement. It's not a puddle. Puddles get stale and they stink, but rivers flow and they're life in the river. We reduce repentance to some form of weeping and brokenness, the Lord showed me, instead of a life dedicated to following and leading others to the presence of Jesus. Now, I showed you this before, but I want to show you again. Can we show that video of Francis Chan talking to Jehovah Witnesses? Some of y'all have seen it, but just act like you've seen it for the first time. This is the lifestyle repentance.
So, I felt like that was a great example of the kingdom of heaven. That when you just walk with the Lord in this lifestyle repentance, that you begin to just listen to the Lord, you begin to pray to him, and like you said, it's not rocket science. You read it, you're convicted by it, and you just obey it. And then God hears your prayers. The Bible says that he hears the prayers of the righteous, and it's not because we are doing right, it's because Jesus was... Don't manipulate God by doing right things. Because if we could add to it, then it would lessen the effect of Jesus. But here's what I want to tell you. That's what it is. When somebody tells me, John, tell me your testimony. Great. Let me tell you what just happened the other day. And I begin to tell them about the power of God. In other words, because what happens if we don't, we look at life the wrong way. We dismiss God if we don't walk in this newness and life of repentance. Let me just put it to you this way, as simple as I can. Yesterday, my youngest son, Jacob, who's seven, got the last present of Christmas. Instead of the first present of Christmas, Polar Express, we had the last present. And so he opens it up. Somebody gave it to him, and he opens it up, and, and, and he tears the paper off, you know, like any kid. Wah! It's like me at Golden Corral. Wah! You know, and then and, and on the box it says this, car cover. And he looks at it, and there's this picture of a car with this big sheet over it. And he goes, this is awful. And he gets mad and walks off. And it's, I mean, it's just a box, and... Looks like a car cover box. And so it just sits there for a while. Couple minutes go by, and I think my wife said, you might want to just open it up. So he, he begins to open it up, and inside were these two little remote control robots. Now, I don't know about you, but that's cool for any kid, even 46. Because you can begin to have them things walk off beds and countertops, roofs. And he was utterly amazed. And so at first, I was so excited about the robot. Sometimes I get more excited about the blessing than the blessor. And then the Spirit said, you better tell him. So then I stopped. I said, Jacob. You see what happens when you look at the outside and not what's on the inside? And you look at a lot of people and you don't like them because of the way they look on the outside. But on the inside, God sees something. That is a life of repentance. Because it's what's on the inside of that person that you don't like. It's what's on the inside of that job that you're scared to go to. It's what's on the inside of that degree that on the outside you're just trudging water trying to just get to it. It's on the inside of that relationship. It's on the inside of that person that there lies in the point of the Spirit that the Holy Spirit can awaken and then usher in the kingdom of heaven, not just salvation. Oh, I don't have enough time. So I'm going to stop. Yeah, I'm going to leave you hanging because I got a lot of mo, as Clubber Lang and Rocky Three said. For those that don't know the movie, go watch it. Spiritual. Just kidding. And tonight I'm going to finish it at six in the Charleston room. 
but I'm going to stop here. Bob, if you don't mind, I'm going to ask you to um, play prophetically over us as we begin to usher in this. You see, here's why. When I live a life of investing, the word for the year 2014 is one word. It is the year invest. And we are investing in people in two ways. Number one, to move them from darkness to light, from death to resurrection, from unsaved to salvation, kingdom of heaven. We want to move them into the kingdom of heaven where their relationships change because of the presence of Jesus, where their, their work changes because of the presence of Jesus. Their calling changes, and their calling goes from toil, your education. Did you wake up every day because I know what you're thinking. Oh, how I hate school Tuesday morning. Thank you very much. And you wake up and you say, no. It's not toil to me because it's no longer under the curse. It is an opportunity for me to work, to bring glory to Jesus, and to lead people on that campus into the kingdom of heaven. And they will start first with repentance because I live a lifestyle of repentance. And so your attitude changes. And you see things of opportunity. You don't just look at the outside of the gift and go, man, that makes me mad. You open up what's inside and you see the presence of God already at work and you join him. Am I talking to anybody? Then God is calling you to a lifestyle of repentance. So simple. Man, I, I can't wait for you to sing this song. He's saying it before here, I think maybe twice. And I didn't know the name of the song. And it was called Clear the Stage. So when he said, I'm going to clear the stage, I thought, I need to get my stuff and go. Like I just, whew, you know, elevator. But what he's saying is when you clear everything away and there's nothing left but Jesus, then you can see clearly how to walk. So I don't want you to just sit in your salvation and say this. I want you to take a moment and let the Spirit invest in you. Because the more the Spirit invests in you, then you can invest in others. So I want us to do two things today. Are you with me, family? You're all I got in this world. You're all I got. You're, you're, you're missing something. Jesus didn't die for CSU. He died for his church. I'm, I'm with the church. The church is the hope of the world. God will use the church, his people, it at CSU, and, at, and in Goose Creek, and at Stratford, and at King Bay, and at Fort Dorchester, and, at some, and the list goes on, and at the weapons station, and at Boeing, and on and on, and at downtown in the law firm, and on and on. God will use us on the field, everywhere, to usher in the kingdom of heaven. But the only way we can do that today is start with repentance. Now. What do I mean by repentance? I mean this. Maybe there's something in your life that Spirit right now is just speaking to you about and saying, hey, listen, I, I need you to move away from that and move with me because I'm not saving you from something. I'm saving you for something. Change your mindset. But, but God, I really want that. And God says, I know that. That is good. But if you go with me, it will be great. 
I, I, I want you to usher in the kingdom of heaven this way. But your lifestyle might be living one way or you might be uh, acquiescing to something this way. And I want you to break away from it. Maybe it's just a mindset, a framework of when you go back to school. Instead of being bitter, why don't you try to make people better? But it has to start with us. So maybe there's this, this repentance and as an act of worship today, maybe you want to come and just say, Lord, I lay it down. Boom. I lay it down. Now I know we battle picking it up again and all that stuff. But, but hey, I don't want to celebrate I want to celebrate something in your life. You might pick it up again, but you just took the step to freedom by laying it down. So be of good cheer. Jesus has overcome the world. And you and I are more than conquerors because we follow the one who can conquer anything. So maybe that's you. Maybe another repentance is, Lord, maybe I need to begin to say yes, to, get, to be invested, and, and to allow myself to be invested in. Now, I know a lot of you uh, here might have a home church. That's great. But while God allows us to be together, here's what you might need to invest in. You might just say, you know what, I, I, I just need, I need a place where I can call a family. So you might want to just come and be a part of us for a little bit. That's great. Uh, you might want to get into a group. That's great. Or you might want to step up and be a leader and say, I'll lead a group and invest. Uh, but either way, God is calling everyone in this room to invest. To be a discipler. There's no way around it. So I don't know how you want to move into repentance because tonight I'm going to talk about a highway of holiness. But I don't know how you want to move into that. But, to, but today, let's let the Holy Spirit invest in us a little bit. I know we're saved and the Holy Spirit gives us all of himself. But let's give, us, let's give him all of us. And maybe the second thing in here today is maybe, I believe very few, but maybe you don't know Jesus. I just want to free you from something. If you try to live from this moment on and God lets you live to 100, and you lived perfectly in front of the Lord, for the rest of your life and you never sin. I just want to, I want to free you up. That great burden that you're just trying to live by, I just want to free you up. That even if you live perfectly in front of God and could stand there and say, hey, I lived the rest of my days perfect, God would say that's not enough. And you would be dejected and would have hell to pay. And I want to free you up today that Jesus did it for you. But only he at that moment can convict your heart through the Holy Spirit that you can begin to love Him. That is, treasure Him more than anything else. I, I don't know what that moment happens, but like I talked about with somebody yesterday, there is a point of confession where you confess that moment. So maybe today you want to confess that moment. Or maybe you just want to talk more about it. We'll have people here. Maybe you're not a member here and you feel compelled to come and pray over somebody, invest over something. Why don't you do it? Why can't we just be free in the Lord? It's for freedom that Christ set us free. So let's just follow Jesus on this journey. We've got this series through the book of Matthew of Invest. And trust me, every Sunday there's going to be a higher calling. So I understand if you don't want to come back. I understand if you want to say, some it's not for me. But if you do want to come back, Lord willing, we're going to be here. And we're going to pursue Jesus. Father, this is my prayer. Who in this room wants to come and maybe just repent? And again, repentance is a beautiful thing. It's a freeing thing. Maybe they just want to come and just kneel and say, Lord, I, I just want to repent in the fact that I've not invested and I just give me some clarity. Speak to me, Lord. Or maybe they just want to 
ask you for some help to walk away from something so that they'll be freed up for something. I don't know what it might be, but just want to come and just spend some time with Jesus. Lord, invest in us today. Invest in us. Invest in us that we will be disciplers. You're more than just a scripture reading. You're more than memorizing a verse. You're more than just trying to live right. You're more than just trying to be perfect or just, you're more than that, Lord. You're, a, you're someone to be treasured in love and for us to throw our lives into. And so we want to do that today. Lord, maybe some people in this room just need some prayer. It's a new year. They want to they just say, you know, Lord, I just want to dedicate this year to you. And as an act of worship, I just kneel in front of you. I bow in front of you. I lie down in front of you, whatever it might be. I just want you to commission me today, Lord. Whatever it might be on your heart, I pray we'd flood this place. And that everyone in this room would say yes. That I will agree to be an in, invested in and invest to others. And I don't know what groups they need to sign up for or get with, but they won't leave here today without doing it. And just do it online. So Lord, we love you. And I pray, Lord, if there's someone here today that doesn't know you, that they put their trust in Jesus. Follow him. And their life will be changed. Thank you for this privilege, Lord, that we get to be disciples, and that you've ushered in a new kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. In Jesus' name.